0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Thursday, September 28th, 2023, season 19, episode number 41. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Brian Patrick and Amber here with me. We're going to talk about the Cowboys defense versus New England offense for bulk of the show today. I do also want to talk a little bit about Tony Pollard. We haven't spent a lot of time on Tony Pollard, but I thought... Saw some interesting statistics about his performance so far this season. We're gonna get into that here early in the show. Before we do that, though, we'll get a little bit of updates uh, on our injury situations. We got plenty of injury situations to talk about. Patrick, talk to us about who's on the injury report and what we should know and expect. Uh, to happen as the, the week uh, ends?
3: Well, as it stands, um, Tyler Biadish and Zach Martin are expected to ramp up a bit in Thursday's practice. They were both DNP, did not participate on Wednesday. Um, Mike McCarthy says they're both expected to be limited, so progress there. Uh, Tyron Smith is, is expected to be with the rehab group. Don't know that he'll see any limited work today, but they'll see how he feels after the rehab group ends, and they'll go from there. But I expect him to be DNP again um, this today, as he was on yesterday. Choma Idoka was limited um, because he's still working through that elbow that he hyperextended against the Jets Um, but no expectation that he'll miss this week as long as he doesn't have a setback, anything like that. Demarcus Lawrence, C.D. Lamb were both absent from Wednesday practice, but it was a veteran rest day that I'm told for both of them. How uh, can I sign up for one of those? Uh, I would like to have one as well. Um, I, I should talk to my uh, immediate supervisor Yeah, yeah. Uh, about that.
4: You, yeah. Derek. Yeah. You're the yeah. one who needs to approve it. Was, no, no, I I mean, should, I'm not your immediate supervisor. That, fair
3: enough. So
2: I don't know what you like. My immediate supervisor is watching. you his immediate supervisor. And my supervisor. immediate
3: supervisor's <laughs> immediate supervisor is sitting right here. Um, so, but yeah, so veteran rest days for Demarcus Lawrence and CeeDee Lamb. So no concerns on either one of those guys. But uh, offensive line, there are at least there's at least some progress being made towards them possibly returning on Sunday.
5: If you had to pick one guy that you probably don't want to play without this week, who is that guy? Even on the offensive line? The on the offensive line. Ryan. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Um, to me and I, I appreciate what Adoga has tried to do, but if you told me I could have Tyron Smith back this week and play and now I mean the way that Patrick's talking about him missing another day, we'll see how the week goes. I don't know if I want to go through another week of of Matthew Judon versus uh, <laughs> oh, Adoga on the outside. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I, just be, I feel like that, you know, <clears throat> with, with what Brock Hoffman did inside at guard, I'm okay with. You know, not that T.J. Bass was great, but he wasn't, you know, terrible either. Uh, Having Zach Martin back would be huge. But to me, that left tackle spot, especially because they're committed to going ahead and playing Tyler Smith at left guard. You know, there doesn't seem like much of an interest in saying, well, I know, Tyler, uh, hey, by the way, you were, you know, all rookie basically as a left tackle. You probably, you know, were flirting with Pro Bowl thoughts as well by the way you played but no we're just going to keep you at guard and let adoga handle that tackle spot even though adoga looked probably better at guard than he has looked at tackle sometimes the decisions baffle me a little bit and i understand when you start to talk about well he worked here all week Mm -hmm. what we've learned about the nfl in this day and age this isn't 1978 where the same five guys played all 14 games you know, back in the day, yeah, you have to be able to adapt and move and and not get caught in a bad spot. You know, playing Tyler Smith at left tackle last week might have helped you in that football game. Yeah, might have helped you on that double move that you got sacked on. You know, I I, I just there's things there's dis- dis- discussions. And in my mind, I'm like, just let me have Tyron Smith back. The way he played the first couple of weeks, let me have him back there at left tackle.
2: I'm willing to give them the benefit of doubt last week because, again, you got Tyler coming back from injury. You've right. got the whole week where you week maybe injury. thought Tyron was going to play, and then you get to the last minute. I agree with you, though. You get to this weekend, you had a full week right. now to, to play with the prospects of— Tyron Smith not playing. And and it will be interesting to me if Tyron doesn't play this weekend and they still opt to keep Tyler Smith at guard. guard right. Because I do agree with you. I think when you look at that defensive line, Judon is a problem. Like right. he is a yeah. problem. And if you don't pay attention yeah. to him, then then you're going to have a problem. And I think that you're he is I mean Tyler Smith is I mean Tyler Tyler Smith is one of your best offensive linemen. If yeah, you're man. not going to put your best on the best, then it just it makes me wonder a little bit. Yeah.
3: No, I agree. And I like you said, we'll give them grace for last week because they didn't know what was going on with Tyron Smith. I mean, the knee injury pops up on Saturday, and then they really tried to give him a go on Sunday. Then things just got weird as far as posting actives. He's team captain, but he's not going through warmups, and then he's not playing. And all last week they had too many. I'm sorry, they had Tyler Smith taking left guard reps, so they didn't want to disrupt the scheme at the last possible second. But to your point, Derek, you don't have that. Going into this week, I mean, you have a very real concern about Tyron Smith being able to go. So, is Tyler Smith getting reps at left tackle? And to Brian's point, if you are without Tyron Smith, then for me, I've got to see Tyler Smith at left tackle. I, and then you put, yeah. you know, Idoga at left guard.
5: Yeah, I just, man, I, it just, it, you're right, the grace period. It, but this day and age, you have to be super flexible in how you play because with your lineup, with your current group of offensive linemen, you have one guy that it seems to something always happens to him and it might not always be in practice or something. When you look at, you know, with Tyron Smith, he could wake up in a bad, with a bad back. He could wake up with a bad, anybody can, but he seems like the one that like crazy, what, what, what happened kind of injuries, you know? And I, I just think that you know with McCarthy, the, the couple of things that he identified with, getting the backups more work, but also trying to be a little bit more flexible with what they're going to do with the line. I hope that's the case this week. And
4: this is when you have a backup plan, then a backup backup plan. right? Um, and I'm talking specifically about, about Tyron no, Smith's yeah, situation. Absolutely. Because, okay, to be fair, you never expect three of your starters to be out. Yeah. Um, so when you uh, add in... Sack uh, Martin, Tyler, right. Biadish—that's
3: yeah. Those something are, very unexpected, those are unexpected that you, did, you but, didn't. But you could plan for Tyree, A-
4: exactly. Out. But then that goes into the question that maybe the guy that you had for to be Tyron's backup now you got to move around because of the other guys being out. But, yeah,
5: I think to me there was always the side of me that once that Tyler Smith played the whole season at left tackle last year, I'm like leave him there. Mm-hmm. That, that that kid can yeah. play. Just let him, you know, if you have to move on from Tyron Smith, I get it. You had a great career. Sorry that injuries limited a lot of your work. But I was, in my mind, I was moved on. I I, I said, okay, now if you want to try and address the guard spot, we'll do that. Yeah. But uh, but Ty- Tyler Smith, yeah. to me, was my left tackle going forward.
2: I'm going to throw this text out here. Actually, it was a really interesting text. You, you guys can also hit us on our text line anytime during the show, 817-290-3298. This one comes from Brian in North Carolina. He said, yeah. at this stage of his career, why hasn't Tyron Smith been considered as a swing tackle? Considering his history with injuries, it would seem to extend his career and solve one issue. Tyler Smith can move to left tackle. He to left guards. What are your thoughts?
3: I actually floated that idea a few times last year on Talking Cowboys. Um, And I'm right there. I think at this point in his career, you're asking a lot of Tyron Smith to take on the bulk of the workload that comes with being your starting left tackle, and then that leads to durability issues once you get to October, November, most certainly December. So I think you should shrink his workload, and you put Tyler Smith, because, and I'm I'm right there with Brian in the aspect of, I hadn't mentally completely moved on from Tyron being... um, Uh, well from Tyler being the possible left guard whatever the case may be but I do feel in my heart of hearts that Tyler Smith is your future at left tackle period regardless of him playing left guard this season Tyler Smith is your future at left tackle so with that being my belief I'm 100% on board with shrinking the workload for Tyron Smith because you know he is one he's still one of the best left tackles in the game when he's on the field but if you keep exposing him to additional snaps then you're possibly shrinking the amount of playing time you're going to get from him anyway, which then at the end of the season might not be any more reps than he would have gotten at swing tackle. But now maybe you've missed him uh, for a particular critical game or something like that. So yeah, I love that. I love he wasn't that particularly great at right tackle. Yeah. That's well, the problem right, you yeah. run into last when you, year. When
5: you start to talk about the swing tackle position, you know, Tyron Smith is a left tackle, even though he came into his, uh, you know, into the Dallas Cowboys, he started as a right tackle, but the, the combination of him and Zach Martin together, which I thought was going to be outstanding, wasn't that outstanding. Mm. You know, there was there were problems in the running game. There were the, there were some things with combination blocks that they had problems with. You know, you talked to Zach Martin about Steel. He'll tell you the first thing he loves about Steel. He knows exactly where he's going to be. He knows exactly how he's going to fit. You know, there was so much of that uncertainty when you watched Tyron Smith and Zach Martin play next to each other. Now. As a swing tackle, yeah, he might have to play some right tackle in the game. If you know that you're probably not going to get the best at right tackle, but you're going to get an outstanding left tackle, yeah, it's worth it's worth the 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 thought to to try and do that. But I know in my mind, I had moved on. I, I just felt like, hey, this is this is we've seen it now. Tyler Smith has proved to me he's more than capable of handling the right the uh, left tackle spot let's move on let's kind of try and develop some others at some other spots
4: i just don't understand how he himself as a human tyron yes can just keep going i mean at some point your body i'm 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 sure it's going to hurt every time you wake up and get up i mean we see him on game like day looking knows. like a machine was, he might be already there. It looks like I it mean, does well yeah clearly but but just him for his own personal health and, and what's In his rest of his life as a civilian, Mm -hmm. moving past whenever that time comes from football, it's just it's just tough on his body. So it's just it amazes me because me um, being a lot more naive to the game when I first started working here and learning all, I was ready to move on from him long time ago. Mm -hmm. Little did I know how great he was when he was healthy and. He's been here for like five years, seven years since I made those comments initially. So it's impressive. But at some point, you got to move on from like being always having that thought in the back of your mind, in the back of your head. Can he get hurt? Is he going to be available this week or next week? So it's just for the whole coaching staff. But I agree. I definitely that idea sounds really good. Ideally, but then I wonder, I mean, I, w- I would assume they've thought of that before. Sure. So I, would, I wonder what has held them oh, to you. the what, decisions that they've made.
5: What's, what's really interesting is you're not going to see a prettier football player built-wise than Tyron Smith. <laughs> He's one of those guys gets off the bus first, right? There are guys that are sloppy and <laughs> yeah. you know, don't look great, and they don't miss a beat. And then you have a guy that looks like he hung out with the Romans, you know, uh, <laughs> that he was a gladiator, was yeah. yeah, that he was like beating, you know, he was in the arena, you know, and just mauling people yeah. with, really with that body.
2: Juice. Even the way he walks, like he just walks oh, yeah. it, the way yeah. he moves. Yeah.
5: You're thinking <laughs> sloppy guy doesn't miss a game, yeah. and this guy has injury history problems. That's the thing that blows scouts away. You could sit there and be like, oh, great body, great physique. He's always hurt, though, Brian. He's always hurt. you know. And now you're going, oh, no, you're right. Availability, lack of. You can look great, but if you're not always available,
3: it doesn't matter how damn good you look. I think, and to talk to your point, Amber, about um, why from a Tyron Smith perspective, where is the event horizon and him looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I still got a lot, lot left in the tank, but I might need to change. I might need to be willing to go back up role. I don't think that's entirely dissimilar from. He played really uh, well though, hasn't was, he? The
2: first couple yeah, of games. He was. Yeah, he I did. mean, I, he's kind of turned back the clock yeah. a little bit. He has. But you also, yeah. in the back of your mind, kept thinking,
3: "Is this going to? Oh
2: last? no, you're ready. Yeah, so that, that's what we're you're, no, no, you're ready like for the other shooting. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely, made You have to think like
5: you so. don't yeah, even right. want to talk about it. Yeah. You don't. You're like eh, Tyron Smith. It's good, but mm-hmm. just nod your head like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You don't even want to talk about him because you just want it to keep going to your point. I mean, yeah. that's that's where I'm at with him. I'm like, he actually did turn back the clock playing left tackle to the point where I'm like, okay, I can see why he came back. I see why they did what they did. Yeah. But then now this thing hits you where, well, it's been a knee problem since his days at USC. Well, they drafted him when he was like 20, 21 years old, right? It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're dealing with that thing again?
3: Uh, and it, I just think it's I mean, if you if Tyron Smith was willing and the coaches were willing to put him in a backup capacity, you instantly have the best backup tackle in the league instantly. And you're also helping his durability. Mm-hmm. But I think from an athlete's perspective, and I'll speak from an athlete's perspective and a competitive mindset, it's it's not entirely different from you look at a shutdown corner like a Darrell Revis or, or Woodson. And at a certain point in their career, they really did look in the mirror and say, you know what? My body's changed. I can't. Run the same that I was running. I can't cut the same that I was cutting. Then what they do, they went. They drop back to safety and tried their hand at yeah. safety. So you have to be willing to look in the mirror and just be honest with yourself. We talked about self awareness this week. It's just honesty. So can Tyron Smith be still play at a high level when he's on the field? Absolutely, he can. But there, the time has come for maybe him to just admit that his body can't take the workload as of a starter. So you can still contribute to this team and help this team possibly win a Super Bowl, but maybe not in the capacity capacity. Capacity that you would want to, so then you got to think about what needs to be done, and maybe that's what needs to be done. All right, we're going to take
2: our first break when we come back. Brian's going to give us his breakdown Dallas defense versus the New England offense. Oh, you ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. We'll take our (laughs) break. We'll come back. DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply
6: back to the break
5: Cowboys wins start. What's this? Wow. Well, okay. Here we go. It's a pro shop thing. Cowboys wins start before the kickoff with winning pregame festivities. Grab all you need to have a winning Cowboys tailgate all season long at the nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com.
2: A Fanatics experience. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studio. So, you're here, Fanatics. There you go. And yeah. this segment is brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want to talk about this Dallas defense versus the New England offense. Brian, one thing I noticed in looking at this team is right now they are ranked ninth in total offense with 748 yards. That's about 250, a little under 250 yards per game. Here's the interesting thing. They're only 26th though, in points scored, averaging about 17 points per game. Talk to me about this defense. I mean, this offense, and why it's having problems scoring. It,
5: it is having problems, and a lot of it has to do with the offensive line. They they have some issues up front, but I'll kind of get to that point as we go. Uh, you know me; I got to ramble on here. So, uh, Bill O'Brien, your offensive coordinator, he's the guy who used to be with the Houston Texans. He was at University of Alabama, and matter of fact, he was Mac Jones' coach at Alabama, and so they're back together here. There is with this offensive group. There's going to be some movement with the way they play, but it's not anything that's alarming. We've seen those like Arizonas and stuff, all the movement that they play with the motions and stuff. It just they're pretty, pretty stationary the way they play. The majority of their snaps are played in the shotgun rather than under center, Uh, the line will really struggle to protect this guy. They they, they get pressured quite a bit. They break down. They have some problems. They're best when they can run the football and try and help Mac Jones. Where they run the ball the best is when you watch him is off the left side. So that would be, once again, the Cowboys right. You need to kind of shore up some of the problems that you dealt with in the Arizona game. I mean, they're probably looking at that like, okay, let's run it, Sam Williams. Let's run it, Armstrong. Let's run who's ever playing right in for the Cowboys over there. You know, let's see if their linebackers can flow. Let's see if the safeties will take a good angle. So if they're looking at the Cowboys, their their strength of their ability to run the football would be to your right side. That's inside and out. They're a they're, uh, they're lot better, too, in just a little bit of study. When they when they face teams that play that light box, so if you're six, you know defenders or fewer, that's when they really they thrive running the ball, and that's when Ezekiel Elliott is actually at his best. Uh, but this group has not been very good when you play with seven or eight in the box or more. That's been a problem for them running the football. Uh, I mentioned Mac Jones. I think the growth of Mac Jones as a quarterback has been slowed by the issues the club's gone through with their coordinators. Yeah, they've tried different coordinators. I, I don't think he's been able to grow and and really flourish. You know, We'll see what, uh, what Bill O'Brien could do with him now. He doesn't have the strongest arm, and he doesn't have the best mobility, but he is capable when it comes to navigating the pocket and then order to deliver the ball. He's, his biggest trait is his toughness because he gets hit quite a bit when he goes back to throw the football. Uh, he'll deliver the ball in the face of pressure. There are snaps where – it, it, it take, he takes some big hits as he's you know, uh, throwing the ball. These receivers really struggle to get open. That goes back to the biggest problem, why they're not scoring points. He doesn't throw to a lot of open receivers, and he doesn't throw to a lot of wide open receivers. That's another thing that's been an issue for them. Um, he's constantly under pressure. He, you know, he, he just doesn't play the game with a lot of rhythm. You know, sometimes these quarterbacks get back there and it's pass, pass, pass. You can watch Tua play in Miami, and there just seems to be a rhythm the way that he plays, the way the ball's out. You know, there's some continuity to their offense and stuff like that. I mentioned there um, the running backs. It's Ezekiel Elliott, and then it's also uh, Stevenson are the two primary backs that they play with. Zeke, we know him. He's still going to run with toughness, he's still going to run with power. He's still. But he doesn't have that elusiveness that he's, you know, I mean, he's lost that that ability. The ball's going to come downhill. He's not going to make many miss. But, you know, his best attempts were the ones when they tossed him the ball. When they had said, okay, we're going to get you out on the edge and let you try and run downhill. You know, the toss sweeps and stuff. Like I said, going to the offense's left, defense's right were some good plays for him. Uh, he splits time with Stevenson uh to it, he's not these guys aren't the most nifty types of backs but they're really steady in the way that they play they're going to run with toughness they're going to run with determination the numbers that now he as where Zeke might struggle with the stack boxes Stevenson is better versus the stack boxes so keep an eye on that he's also really a good receiver catching the ball out of the backfield the quarterback has a 90.9 rating throwing him the football and you can see it on tape when it's the swings and screens and stuff like that and by the way he's the only running back with a rushing touchdown to their credit so uh, the wide receivers it's a veteran group Kendrick uh, Bourne Juju Smith Schuster and Devontae Parker. There there's nothing really wow about this group. There's nothing that you, you know, it's there's some inconsistency in the way they receive. I mentioned they don't create a lot of separation. They don't get open a lot. The offense makes them kind of stationary target targets. You're gonna see them run picks, rubs, they're gonna run combination routes to try and get that separation. But there's been problems when they get the separation, the protection falls apart, and now they're in a little bit of some trouble that way. So the, their best, most explosive player is a rookie named Demario Douglas out of Liberty. And he's the one guy that when they want to play like an explosive play, he's the guy they throw the ball. He's got seven receptions this year. Four of them are for first downs. So rookie kind of getting involved. He's kind of a speedy, twitchy Uh, kind of player with the ball in his hands. Uh, At tight end, this is the best group that they have. As far as how they're going to try and, and, and get offense, Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki are the two tight ends. They're both super reliable. They both they run these routes where they they find they do combinations like we were talking about where they they work off each other. They run the spot route, just easy throw. They run the out, easy throw. They'll curl back inside, easy throw. That's kind of how they play uh, with uh, with uh, with Daniel Jones. They're trying to make it as easy as possible for him, even when they're covered. These guys are ultra reliable. When it comes to their hands and the ability to get in situations where they can make plays, when things get a little hairy in the pocket, that's kind of where the ball's going to go. It's going to go to one of those those tight ends. Decent blockers, nothing really great. They're not going to blow you away. But this is the most productive group that they have on their offense. Now we'll get to the offensive line. This is the weakness of their of their deal here right now. They're not a physical run group. They struggle with pass protection. They've tried to use draft picks in order to kind of supplement their line, but these young guys aren't ready to play. And, I mean, they're not ready to play because they're not playing. They're going with the group. The majority of their group has been made up of trades or free agent signings. Uh, Their biggest struggles this year have been at the tackle spot where they've rotated Trent Brown, Calvin uh, Anderson, and uh, Verdarian Lowe are the guys that they kind of rotate. Lowe has been the one that struggled the most. He lines up at left tackle against the Dolphins. He plays right tackle against the Jets. He doesn't have power. He doesn't have strength. He physically can't hold up. When you hit him, he tends to become a one-legged football player. He gets knocked back quite a bit. You'll observe him getting pushed, giving ground, playing on one leg. You have to take advantage of him in the game if he's in. That's that He wears number 59. They might not play him. If Trent Brown's healthy and Anderson are healthy, those could be your two starters. But if Lowe gets in the game, that's the guy you need to go after because he can't handle it. He really just can't. And that's been a big, big problem. Um, the, the, the guard uh, inside, Cole Strange was a first-round pick for them. Uh, he could be a little bit of a liability right now, like Lowe, he really doesn't deal with power all that well you need you need he needs to develop a little bit. He's just a young guy that's the biggest problem. He's a fighter, a battler, but he's limited in the way he's blocking right now. He's just not a a very strong guy and so what happens is he's going to get challenged throughout the game. I would not be surprised uh like I say, if Lowe is at one of the tackle spots, you work off him. But maybe you see Micah play a little bit more inside and in dealing with uh, with uh, Cole Strange, the guard. Uh, he's the left guard. You need to go after him. He's uh, he's been limited a little bit with a knee injury this week in practice, so that might be you know he's not getting the reps, he's not getting the work, and he might be a little bit compromised as a blocker. So we take advantage of this New England offense is on the offensive line, and that's one of the reasons why they're struggling. They don't have explosive players, so they don't score points. They got steady tight end players. They got a quarterback that takes a beating, and their offensive line is a little bit of a mess right now.
2: Sounds like offense is not what they do well.
5: Nope, they play really good defense, and they're <laughs> right. really good on special yeah. teams.
2: Yeah, they figure out special teams for you too. One of the things I did notice though is uh, against the Jets last week, they rushed for 157 yards. Now, yeah. in the two weeks previous to that, they only had 76 rushing yards yeah. against Philly, 88 against Miami. Yeah. What did they do different against the Jets, or did they do better against the Jets I think that it made be- it better for a better rushing day?
5: I think that we might be overrating the Jets' run defense a little bit yeah. here you know, with the way we thought that you know, with they play with that wide nine we were talking about, people are finding ways to kind of gap them a little bit and mm-hmm. hit them. Like I said, the ball the, the, the ball was the ball was out on the edge quite a bit. That's where I noticed, like the toss sweeps and the stuff where they were trying to get the ball to the outside. And you know, but the, I, I think the Jets are a little susceptible to what's going on with their run defense right now. It, the, the New England did a, did a good job. They, they stuck with the running game too. I think they put they. I think Bill O'Brien puts this quarterback in some bad situations. Now he might they might try the plan of saying, okay, Dallas is struggling with the run a little bit in the first half. They struggle with the run. Let's test them. Let's see if they've fixed any kind of issues that they have. Because if they don't, I could see them continually I didn't see a lot of pin and pull. I did see some counter movement and stuff like that, but it wasn't something like Arizona where you're just every time it's down, down, around, down, around. You know, yeah. you know, I didn't see a lot of that with with New England, but that's not to me that's not to say that they they won't try something like that. They won't try counters. Uh, I do think they're going to try and make you play in space a little bit and see if you're able to, you know, are you going to rush up the field? Are you going to create gaps? Are you going to, uh, you know, not play the scheme like it needs to play? Are you going to play like play hero ball where
2: you're overrunning plays and stuff? It'll it'll be a test in that regard. And probably more than any team in the league, I think Bill Belichick has shown over the years, he wants a team that's extremely versatile, that can do different things every week. So. Just the fact that we haven't seen those pin and pulls and those yep. kind of things that Arizona did doesn't mean when you're playing a Bill Belichick thing right. that all of a sudden they see a, an opportunity and they won't exploit it and do some things that maybe they haven't done all season because that's just the way he coaches offensively and defensively. They try to create, uh, they try to take advantage of what you cannot do. Yeah. and they'll change every week to try to do mm-hmm. that. They morph into
5: different things defensively. Yeah. I know the one thing. One of my dear friends is Mike Lombardi who who works who worked with New England, the Patriots, a former general manager. The one thing Mike always told me about Belichick is though he will save something that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. He will save something too. And the great example of that is in that Super Bowl game when they played coverage, you know, on the goal line against Seattle, and all of a sudden it's something they hadn't shown. They knew to practice it, but they didn't, you know, they didn't show it. And then all of a sudden, you play. But he's there's something that you know there's a first half game plan and there's a second half game plan for Belichick, and he's going to try and find something that you're not very good at and take advantage of that. Like the, we'll see if the offensive line can execute pin and right. pulls. Well, that that will be the big test for these guys because they, they may not be able to. They yeah. might not be able to up front, but if you get them into a passing game. That's, that's church for them. Yeah. They, they, that is a struggle for them to have to, to deal with that kind of
3: constant pressure. They just don't hold up as a unit very well. And I was going to say, what makes their their weak spot that much weaker is Cole Strange is dealing with a knee injury. He's dealing with a knee injury last week. He was limited yesterday in practice. So you talk about Cole Strange having an issue with strength and keeping his feet and keeping Mm -hmm. his anchor. Well, he's on a bad wheel right now. So this is a matchup where it's uh, their weakness, their biggest weakness against the Cowboys' biggest strength, their offensive line versus the Cowboys' defensive line. Uh, And then what they'll do is they'll try to use Ramondre Stevenson uh, because he's also effective as a pass catcher out of the backfield. They'll try to use him to try to alleviate some of that pressure keep the keep the defensive line playing honest so linebacker speed. Cowboys and their linebackers are going to have to make sure they keep keep Stevenson bottled up. Ezekiel Elliott, you know what you get from Ezekiel Elliott. He was in this organization. Mike McCarthy coached him. You know what you're getting there. He's not the home run hitter that he once was. He's the downhill guy. He's not going to do too much in space, but keep an eye on Stevenson and how they try to use him in those bubbles and flats and screens to try to help the offensive line, but you can't they're not going to screen them, themselves all the way to a win. So you bottle up a couple of those, make the offense play that much more honestly, make their run plays, go through the A and B gaps, and then tee off tee off right. at that point.
2: We're going to take our final break. We will come back. I have a couple questions for you guys about this Cowboys defense. Well, will when we come back. DallasCowboys.com Radio.
1: Faster than you think. Take five. The official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys.
6: It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get fifteen percent off their seventy-five dollar order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com/slash Cowboys with the code Cowboy.
5: Your Dallas Cowboys head to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers in Week 5 of the 2023 season. Come out to Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium on October 8th for a free watch party presented by 7-Eleven. Cheer on the boys alongside Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and Rowdy while enjoying $5 Miller Lights, barbecue, game day fare, and more. Gates open at 6, kickoffs at 7:20. For more information and to claim your free ticket, visit dallascowboys.com slash watch
2: party. Go Cowboys. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. All right, here's a question I have for you guys. This is a bigger picture question about the defense. Uh, What we saw last weekend we don't think is typical of what we've seen from this defense in a lot of instances over the last couple of years, really. Uh, Do you think that was a situation where they were exposed or do you think it was just one bad game?
3: What do you think, Amber?
4: Um, I mean, you've had hints of the, and we we've talked this about about this over and over, as far as like the the run defense and the issues that they had. That's exactly why they went out and drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round, um, and why you resigned Jonathan Hankins back on the team. So they know they're well aware of that. I think yes, they were exposed in, yeah, if we do this, just watch this game against the Cardinals. If we do this to you, you'll react this way. But at the same time, I think that the the drive, the passion, the commitment from the defensive players, Dan Quinn, is there. So it's like... I don't expect them to make this a trend. I expect them to get better. They got better in the second half after um, halftime. They came back, and those uh, yards went down tremendously. It, it went down to like 40, 40-ish, 40 something. So very different than the first half. So at least that gives me hope that, okay, they're still able to make changes, adapt, and figure out, okay, let's change the game plan, let's readjust. So I don't think it'll be something that now teams are just going to expose them every week. I think they'll come back here, like they've said, reassess and rework, and according to Micah Parsons, they figure out exactly what they need to do (laughs) according to what he said uh, this week. So, yes, I don't think the the run defense is going to be fixed overnight, There'll be instances where you get a good running back or a good quarterback that can run with the ball because that's the the times that they seem to kind of struggle with those mobile quarterbacks. And they'll have those games where do, they do give up yards. But I think they'll be able to figure something out and adapt and adjust to where now they're not being completely killed by that
3: I think they bounce back I don't think this run defense is broken I've seen them excel in the first two weeks and I think because going into last week's game I thought that they would be emotionally charged after losing Trayvon Diggs Um, but you add Diggs to the late week injuries to Beatish and Tyron Smith and Zach Martin's now playing now and then we talked about how with 77 the game started kind of on a weird note. It felt like they were emotionally exhausted as as opposed to being emotionally charged. And Michael Parsons spoke to that. J. Ron Kerr spoke to that and basically said that they were disappointed with the effort. And it sounds like if you read between the lines, last week took a lot out of them emotionally. So coming into this game, having been beaten in the fashion that they were beaten in Arizona, because they were bullied in Arizona. But this is a locker room that takes pride in being the bully. Right. I think they look at the Patriots team as they're a very real opportunity to remind everyone that, hey, we can stop the run. Hey, we can get after this quarterback. We can still take the ball away without Trevon Diggs on the field. So I get the sense that they're going to, you know, there's a great likelihood that they bounce back in the run defense. I Give the Cardinals credit. They put some good stuff on film as far as any opposition that's looking to attack the Dallas Cowboys run defense. But if you go back and look at that film, what you see is uh, a lessened effort. What you see is miscues and, and, you know, lack of communication. You talked about Micah Parsons looking back at the green dot LVE and being like, where am I supposed to go? Where am I here? I don't think you see those things coming into this Patriots game.
5: They got exposed. They got exposed, and they and they, they and you got exposed to the point that it, that they don't play very good run defense on the edge, and that's a problem. You know that to me, that's you know when when you when things when you watch the Cowboys and there's misdirection and there's they play with your eye level and they send you one way and bring the ball back the other and they, you know to me running the running the ball inside on this group is not a good way to travel if you're an offense, but if you're going to be willing to get up the field. And take yourself out of position, and that you're able to like get guys up on the second level uh, because of you know some of the things that the, the, the Cardinals were able to do. The the, the problem to me is I, I worry I worry about the linebacker. We talked about the linebacker group. We talked about Clark. We talked about Van Der Esch. You know we talked about Wilson coming back. You know we talked about Kurse. You know these guys are you know these, these guys have to play better. And if I'm a football team that's playing the Cowboys, and I, I'm going to find a way to see if I can run the ball on the edges with you. I'm not messing with that inside stuff. I can't run the ball there. I'm not going to make a living doing that. But I'm going to affect your eye level. I'm going to move linemen. And I'm going to see if you can play the ball on the edge. And if you can, then I will find something else to do. I'll probably lose the game. But you've you've shown me that I have an opportunity to have success
2: doing it. And so – that's, my, that's what I'm going to take advantage of. But hasn't, didn't the fact that they were able to make the stops in the second half, as you mentioned, Amber, doesn't that suggest that they're capable of doing it? They have the players to yeah. do it. They have the right scheme to do it. Yep. It's just whether they're committed to doing it, I, which, it which would make it feel less like they were exposed and more like they had a bad first half. They they cinched it all up, and by the second half, they the way they, they fixed
5: tried it. The, if, they, if they should Arizona if Arizona would have come back and ran the ball off the edge. I think the more majority of they were trying to get the ball with Connor. They were trying to kind of find some ways to work inside because they hadn't had some success doing that. So I think the way that the game flowed, there was more inside run. So you think
2: it was less about the Cowboys' adjustments and, I, I and them think playing better? If it's I was if
5: I was Arizona, I would have I would have I would have kept read optioning you until you figured something out. I think there were some times where that when you know, that when Dobbs. He handed it inside. Where if he'd have just taken it, maybe it it is a little bit better gain. Yeah. I'm not saying it would have broke a run like he broke the 44 yard run, but it might have been a, a six seven yard run instead of gaining one or two, handing the ball inside. Yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm going to I'm going to challenge you if I'm an offense. I'm going to challenge the Cowboys defense, you know, to play with better discipline, you know, to play with better eye level, to play not to get fooled. I'm gonna play with you to play your gaps. You know, there's it, it, there's there's a lot of really good things about this defense, how aggressive it is, but when you start to overrun plays and you take yourself out of opportunities to make plays because your angles and things like that, I'm I'm going to see if you I'm going to see if you've really fixed that. One there thing was, I, did, I was going to say,
3: there was something that Micah Parsons said yesterday that yesterday that really jumped out at me. Go back to the Josh Dobbs um, play option, and Josh yeah. goes up to the left side for 44 yards. Michael Parsons made a note to bring that out in the in the interview yesterday, and he said on that particular play, he was basing what he thought Dobbs would do yeah. on the propensity of what. NFL quarterbacks typically do hand the ball, hand the, the ball. ball yeah. So right. he was playing what he thought Dobbs would do, as yeah. opposed to playing what Dobbs was actually right. doing. Right. So he said he owned that, and he said going forward, I just need to play football, play what's right in front of me, instead of playing what I think and, is going to. Happen. And the interesting part is they did try the, the the read option
2: multiple times later in the game. The difference was, and I, I remember one specifically. I'm thinking of right now. Micah did exactly what he was supposed to do. He read it perfectly. He he got, yep. he was the open yeah. guy, and he just stopped. He waited to see yeah. where we're going to go. Right. And then as he saw the play go, Job, Dobbs read that. Yep. Dobbs said, I won't have the free release to the outside. Exactly. He hands the ball off. The rest of the defense yep. then makes the tackle. And And I think that's the point that makes me think that, again, I think they got taken advantage of in this last game because they didn't come in and whether you want to call it they weren't prepared Mm -hmm. or they didn't play with a certain level of intensity they may play with before, or maybe they were overly aggressive because they were trying to go get the quarterback versus really playing the run. Whatever it was, in the first half, I think a lot of that was the fact, I mean, a lot of that ended up resulting in a half where they just couldn't stop the run and i think that's the part where i, I look at it and i want to see what happens this week now it'll be different yeah, because they, they run snuggled, more, it, yeah right they is, run more yeah. of a traditional yeah. run right at you kind of running right. style right. and and that the cowboys have done really good at so far right. this season Absolutely, and being able yeah. to
4: stop so we may not actually see
2: well, what you we want to see until we get long. to a better game. You don't have to wait too, team.
4: too long um, for a big challenge. In, after next, next week. Next, Here we <laughs> go. Yeah, after this game. I mean, you got one coming up. Yeah. And then, and you, then got, you got Kellen Moore yep, after that. And yep, so
2: the Eagles are not you'll far behind. Out.
4: We'll find out soon <laughs> we'll enough. We'll
2: find out. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next uh, tomorrow, actually. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we'll wrap this thing up, let you know what we think is going to happen this weekend. Cowboys versus Patriots. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on Dallas Cowboys.